You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. On today's podcast, I'll be reviewing two films from the list of greatest films of all time. Firstly, I'll review a film called The Tenant. Then we'll move our attention to a film from 2017 called Mother. We'll also have a film fact, a film face-off and a few of your emails. But firstly, as regular listeners to the podcast will know, my mum was due in court early last week. Now, about ten weeks ago, Mum decided it would be a great idea to bite the finger off an Asda security card just because he took offence at her helping herself to a couple of bananas. Well, to start with, uh, I'm not sure my Mum did herself any favours by turning up to the magistrate's court pissed. I mean, her hearing was at half ten, and she was three sheets to the wind. Then she went on to file a brief, and by the time she'd taken her top off and flashed her tits at the magistrate, I knew we were on to a loser. Anyway, the magistrates seem to think Mum must have suffered some monumental breakdown. But those of us that know Mum just think it was her way of blowing off steam. So, magistrate decides to send Mum off for a bit of psychiatric assessment. And they've decided that she needs a bit of a rest and they'll reassess her in a few weeks' time. Not worried about her, really. Uh, she seemed happy enough. As they carted her off, she was singing a medley of hits from the film Grease. But it did leave me in a bit of a predicament. Uh, as you may well know, she don't like me being in the house on my own when she ain't there, due to the fire we had at the old place. So I've had to find alternative accommodation. I didn't fancy another week in a World War II tank, so Mr White has kindly let me stay in his spare room. As a boss, he does go that extra mile for his staff. Mind you, it is company for him. Uh, I think he's lonely, to tell you the truth. He's been on his own since his wife passed away about nine years ago. And that's about the time he started hanging around at ours, visiting Mum, and not long after that he gave me my job. We have been told we can pop along and see Mum in the next few days, once she's settled in, and I'll probably take a nice bunch of bananas and a couple of Twixes. Thanks to Ken for that jingle. I thought it was about time the emails got the recognition they deserved. So as always, you can email the podcast using the email address randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I was thinking of changing that to 1970 after the revelation about my age, but I really couldn't be that arsed. Now to emails. We've had a couple of emails this week, so let's crack on with the first one. It goes, Dear Randall, I know that this is a classic film podcast, but I was wondering, what future films are you looking forward to seeing? Peter Ball. And Peter's from Burton-on-Trent. Now that is a good question, Peter. I mean, already this year there's been some good ones, hasn't there? I mean, there's been Cruella, that was a treat. Black Widow, uh, and there's been a load of others. And we've even had a Fast and Furious 9. I wasn't too keen on that one. The shine went off those films when they did that one where they were jumping from building to building in cars. It just became a load of bollocks from then on. After that I thought... If I want to watch a fat middle-aged bald man doing donuts in a sports car, I'll go watch the sad old boy racers down at Morrison's car park when they've shut for the night. But this email has given me an idea. I might do a review of the year, you know, around about Christmas time. New films I've enjoyed this year and films I'm looking forward to next year. Maybe even give out a couple of awards or something like that. Let me know what you think. Tell you what, I fucking love Christmas, I do. Right, next email. Dear Andal. I know it's a film podcast, but what is your opinion of the latest craze of film-based TV shows that are creeping onto Disney+, Plus, such as The Mandalorian and WandaVision? Many thanks, Dave Buckley. That is a good question, Dave, that is. Now, 
I've watched a few of these programmes because when I moved in here, Mr Wyatt got me a subscription to Disney+. Plus. And on the whole, what I've seen, I've enjoyed. Mind you, I did think Loki was a bit like an MCU version of Doctor Who. And in my opinion, they've wasted Owen Wilson in it, which is a shame. But even a shit Owen Wilson is worth a watch. I mean, just check out Hall Pass and you'll know what I mean. Now on to our final email this week, and it comes from an old friend of the show. Strange sounds from the dark corridor. That's right, we've had another email from the dark corridor. He's never far away, always hanging around in the background like the stink of shit in an old folks home, isn't he? It goes, Dear Randall, it never ceases to amaze me that your podcast continues on. How some people could sit for around 20 minutes and listen to you waffle on about the strange events in your life and then go on to try and get your tiny brain around the fine points of classic cinema is beyond me. I've just listened to your attempt to review one of the finest films of all time, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and it was laughable. The symbolism depicting man's inevitable destiny in that film is so evident that you would have had to have been an idiot not to notice it, and it's no surprise that you didn't. You just ranted on about some backwards friend of yours having a shit behind a tree and being assaulted by a marsupial. It was a kangaroo, but I'll let you off. I would implore you to stop with these podcasts, but I have done this on several occasions and don't see the point anymore. Kind regards, The Dark Corridor. P.S. Could you please get your listeners to stop putting fake reviews on Apple Podcasts as it is dragging down my average score? Well, thanks for writing in, Mr Dark Corridor. I would say it's a pleasure, but it ain't. (coughs) I don't waffle on for hours. He does. There's one episode in his podcast where he went on about a film called Breathless, right? And that film is three minutes shy of an hour and a half, right? 87 minutes in old money. His podcast went on for two and a half hours. I could have watched the whole film nearly twice in that time. What a cock. As for strange events in my life, it's not like I ask for them. They just happen. Like the other day when I found that torso in the bag by the old garages up by the posh houses. It was right grim, so I just zipped it back up and went down the shops. I would like to say it's nice to catch up, Mr Dark Corridor, but it ain't. Randall Parker's Film Fact The scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indiana Jones shoots the bloke with the sword was improvised by Harrison Ford as he didn't want to film a fight scene as he had the crippling shits at the time. Randall Parker's Film Fact Yeah, there was a big write-up about that torso in the Express and Star. It was even on the local news last night. Right, on to our first review this week, and it's quite apt that we should have an email earlier on from The Dark Corridor, as it's a film from 1976 called The Tenant, and it's directed by a long-time foe of the podcast, Roman Polanski. Now, this film shouldn't be confused with Christopher Nolan's backward bullet farce, Tenet, which is an easy mistake to make. Now, at first, when I started watching this film, I thought, oh, man, Roman must have run out of ideas or something, because it starts pretty much the same way as Rosemary's Babby. Some bloke looking at an apartment, right, and saying, yeah, it's nice, I'll have this. And then someone says to him, oh, by the way, some daft sort, right, bunged herself out the window after going off a rocker. But as with Rosemary, our bloke goes, yeah, I'll take it. What could possibly go wrong? 
Anyways, before he can take the flat, there's a small matter of the last tenant, the daft cow who did jump out the window, not being dead yet. So our bloke decides I'm going to nip along the hospital and polish her off. But when he gets there, he meets one of her mates. Anyway, when the jumping out the window lady sees our bloke, she screams and dies, right, so he gets the flat. But before he does, he nips off to the cinema with her mate and gets a quick hand job off her. Now he moves in, right, and strange shit starts to happen. Right, from his window, he can see the shitter and he watches people going for a tip out. Now, he could get into trouble for that sort of thing. If he wants to do that, I know that Dirty Janet charges eight quid to watch her curl one out. As the film goes on, it gets stranger and stranger and you begin to wonder if he's going mad or are people trying to make him go mad? And you genuinely don't know. It's the third film our Roman's done on this theme and he's finally got it bang on, third time lucky. He finds a tooth in the wall, he gets broken into and then thinks the people in his apartment are trying to turn him into the daft cow who chucked herself out the window. Sounds a right mess of bollocks, but it ain't. It's quite enjoyable. Now our bloke ends up putting on some of her frocks, right, and jumping out the window. Uh, he does it twice. You talk about dedication. Anyway, the film sort of ends where it began and it's all very confusing, but enjoyable confusing, if you know what I mean. Tell you what, I don't know where Roman Polanski got the main actor from, but uh, he's really good in it. Can't remember seeing him in anything else, so full marks to him on that one. Ratings-wise, I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would, and for that reason I'm going to put it on a par with something like Kickboxer 2, The Fight Back. So that was The Tenant. Watch that if you like seeing men in frocks smoking Marlborough. As I mentioned earlier, I'm staying with my boss, Mr White, in his spare room, and it's really nice in there. It's as if it's been decorated specially for me, even down to the Avengers duvet and the curtains. When you live with someone, you start to notice things about him you wouldn't normally, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. For instance, Mr White at work. He doesn't come across as a touchy-feely sort of bloke, you know, but he keeps walking round in, putting his hand on my shoulder and saying to me, you OK, son? And things like, everything to your liking, my boy. Sort of laid back and friendly, where at work he tends to be a bit more formal. The other night we were sat at the table having something to eat when he starts talking about the company and how his granddad started the business with Mr Bailey after the First World War. Then Mr Bailey sold his share out and then his granddad passed it on to his son, Mr White's dad. And then in turn he passed it on to Mr White. And then Mr White said, I had hoped that someday you'd take over but I don't think that's going to happen. I did say to him once this furlough thing's over, I'd be glad to learn the ropes. But he just laughed and muttered something to himself about it being easier to teach a badger to knit. He has got a few odd habits though. For instance, he likes to keep the toilet lid down. Which was a bit of a surprise when I went for a midnight piss the other night and didn't put the light on. Good job I hadn't gone for a crap. But on the whole, we have been rubbing along quite nicely. Although I did catch him having a look around my bedroom door one night when he thought he was asleep. Bit odd that was, yeah. Randall Parker's Film Face-Off So on to our Film Face-Off this week and it's two films that have a very similar theme running through both of them. Now both films follow a normal everyday bloke who lives a normal everyday boring life and then they find out that they are both the chosen ones who are destined to be saviours of the world and then it all turns out that the world they live in isn't exactly what they think it is. That's right, our Film Face-Off competitors this week are The Matrix and The Lego Movie. Now, in The Matrix, you do get a lot of slow-motion kung fu, which is always a bonus. 
uh, but you do get a Gandalf and a Batman in the Lego movie, which balances things up a bit. Now, the Matrix does tend to disappear up its own arse on a few occasions, whereas the Lego movie knows it ain't Shakespeare. The Lego movie clocks in about 1 hour 40 minutes, so you can probably watch it without a piss break. But if you wanted to watch The Matrix without stopping for a slash, then you probably would need a pop bottle on hand to wee into. Now, many, many years ago, I did stand on a pile of Lego and had to have a week off school. And it gave me a bit of a phobia. So, for that reason, the winner of this week's film face-off is The Matrix. Randall Parker's Film Face-Off. Right, today's sponsor is Dealer Dave's 24-hour party services. Now, as regular listeners know, Dealer Dave has been running a competition over the last few weeks, and I'm pleased to announce that we have a winner. Now, all you had to do to win a brand new iPhone was text Dealer Dave with the name of the person who was dealing gear on his patch. Now, the winner of the iPhone is Kate Wilson, and funnily enough, she texted in with the name of her ex-boyfriend, who got her up the duff, then ran off with her best mate when she was eight months gone. So congratulations to you, Kate. So our final film for this week is one from 2017. It's called Mother. Well, it's got an explanation mark at the end, so I think it's supposed to be pronounced Mother. And it's directed by a bloke called Darren Aronofsky. That can't be his real name, can it? Surely his parents wouldn't have been that cruel. Darren Naranovsky. Darren Naranovsky. Sort of reminds me of the Batman theme tune that does Darren Aaron Aaron Aronovsky. Now, to review this film properly, I think we need one of these. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Right, back to the film. So, it stars the girl from The Hungry Games. Now, she plays a woman and she's married to the baddie from Skyfall, which is odd because she looks about 18 and he looks about 60-odd. Now, they live in a big fuck-off house in the middle of nowhere, right? And she's doing his up whilst he's fucking about, doing nothing, just being moody. Now, one night, there's a knock on the door and some old cock turns up and says, Can I stop the night? And the moody bloke says, Yeah, why not? And they have a drink. So she fucks off to bed in a mood and she's woken up in the middle of the night by the old bloke puking his ring up. The next day, the mum out of Ant-Man and the Wasp turns up, right? And it goes mental from there. There's a murder, then there's a funeral with a load of people turning up and the house gets flooded and the Hungry Games girl kicks them all out. Then old Hungry Games and the James Bond baddie have it off, right? And after he's shot his muck, she says, bloody hell, I'm up the duff. And she ain't even pissed on one of them pregnant piss test stick things, you know. Anyway, it calms down for a second and time passes and she's got fat with the baby in her guts. Then it kicks off again. Crowds turn up. Uh, they storm the house, steal a load of kit. The army turns up. Then old Hungry Games begins to poo the baby out. The havoc outside dies down and old James Bond baddie decides it would be a great idea to take the baby outside to show everyone. As good ideas go, it ain't up there, right? The crowd nick it off him, right? Kill it and then start to eat it up. Now, I know it's wrong, but when this happened, it didn't half make me peckish. I had to pause it there and nip off to the kitchen and get a couple of tunnocks tea cakes. Anyway, she loses her shit, right? Goes into the basement, sets the gaff on fire, right? And gets burned to a crisp, whilst a fella's okay. Then he rips open a chest, gets it out and gives it a squeeze and it becomes a diamond. The house goes back to normal and we're back where we started at the beginning of the film. Now I'm not quite sure what to make of this film. 
when I was watching it, I thought, what a load of bollocks. But now a couple of days have passed, and I keep thinking about it, and it keeps playing on my mind. And now I just think, what a pile of shit. Looking online, it says something about this film being a metaphor for stuff out of the Bible, and I can see it as that stuff at school used to bore the fuck out of me as well. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with something like Detective Pikachu, as I think the basic idea was sound enough, but the execution was lacking somewhat. So both our films today sort of ended in the same place as they started. I've never understood that. You're just wasting people's time, aren't you? Randall recommends. So our Randall recommends this week is another one from the female master of martial arts, Cynthia Rothrock, and this one is called China O'Brien. Now the first line on the DVD box says, An urban policewoman returns to Utah and becomes sheriff to avenge her slain father using Kung Fu. Now, if that hasn't got your interest, you must be dead from the neck up. Now, any right-minded person should have this in their collection. What's not to like? A busty copper going around kicking the shit out of a bunch of bastards. Get it watched. Randall recommends. So thank you for joining me today. As always, you can email the podcast on randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Ta-ra for a bit. (laughs) 